At the end of the day, when you're all alone in the dark, the only thing that counts is this, the law. And you will be alone when you swear to uphold these ideals. For most of us, there's only dust in the streets. For the few of us that survived to old age, the proud loneliness of the long walk. A walk that every judge must take outside these city walls, into the unknown, and there spend your last remaining days taking law to the lawless. This is what it means to be a judge. This is the commitment I expect. Judgment time. Hello and welcome to Dread or Dead. I'm Dave. I'm here with the king himself, Adam the Computer. Adam, how are you? Oh, I'm doing so good, Dave. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, man. Patrolling the mean streets of Sydney, Australia, whereas you're in Dayton, Ohio, correct? Yeah, birthplace of uh, the Hulk. Really? The Incredible yeah, Hulk? From really? Dayton. Uh-huh. Dayton, Ohio. Also the birthplace of aviation. Avia- aviation? Really? Yeah, the Wright Brothers. The yeah. Wright Brothers. Wowee. Yeah, didn't know about that, did you? I did not know that the Wright Brothers were from Dayton, Ohio at all. Um, or the Hulk, Bruce Banner. Yeah? For sure, yeah. Wowee. Although some would suggest that the real birthplace of the Hulk is out of the desert when the gamma bomb went off, you know. Well, that too. Yeah. yeah um, actually, a fun fact about Dayton, Ohio, I've heard this said one time, so I don't know how true it is, but apparently uh. Dayton, Ohio was like the Silicon Valley of like 1900s or something. Really? Yeah. What, what like a lot the of patents stuff? Oh, right. Like yeah, just Edison. a lot of patents yeah. merging. Yeah. yeah. Wow, way. Are you seeing a lot of that still in the streets? A lot of guys inventing yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you can't go down a, a dark alley without somebody trying to, you know, so create some new. Yeah. <laughs> they got some bizarre. Like I got an idea for a twenty-wheel <laughs> bicycle. <laughs> exactly. Wow, yeah. that's incredibly good. Well, um, we haven't done a Dread or Dead for a while. It's It's been a beat. We're doing, uh, what's it called, Satan's Island, um, I believe is this one, um, that we're doing this week in Dread or Dead. Yes, Satan's Island. Now, what have you been up to since we last spoke, Adam? Because it's been a while. Oh, man, not a whole lot. Um, I've been getting this upstairs where all my comic books are. I have to get them all put up to make this into my uh, daughter's room. So I've been All working right. on that. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Has your wife had the second child yet or not? Or is she just still pregnant? No, she's not due till uh, January. Okay. Right. Oh, gee. Okay. So a little a little bit of time left, but that'll go fast. Yeah. So you're sort of, you're moving all your stuff. Where's it all going? A storage unit or what are you doing? No, you know, I don't want to pay to store it. Who knows yeah, yeah. how long. So I packed all of the stuff I really care about and, in a closet, and then the other stuff, um, I'm going to try to get rid of a yeah, bunch yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there might just be some boxes in my daughter's room. Sure. This is the biggest room in our house. It's uh, like a Cape Cod-style house. Right. So, like, one end is going to have some of my comic book boxes, and yeah, yeah it's just going to have to be okay, because well, we might find another house or something or whatever. Exactly, yeah. How, I mean, yeah. A, Cape How about you, Dave? Cod, a Cape Cod house. Uh, that's like a mm-hmm. big house, isn't it? Like they're pretty big. Is that right? Oh, not 
Not super. Cape Cod, I think, normally just means like you've got the upstairs that has like um, like the attic bit. The walls are slanted in because uh, of right. you know it's not like yeah you know what I mean like you can see the roof coming in uh, on the upstairs. Yeah, yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. Okay, all right. Well, for a second, I was thinking about some massive mansion, and I was like, wow, impressive. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not not me. Rolling up, rolling up, and uh, yeah, in the huge mansion, that'd be a, that'd be a dream, wouldn't it? One of my dreams. <laughs> yeah, is to we have, are looking, but uh, <laughs> go ahead. One of my dreams is to actually have a situation where I have like a massive room that's almost like a museum where I basically house all my stuff. So it's like a museum slash library. You know what I mean? Like, so you have. I, I have glass cabinets displaying statues and figures and stuff. And then uh, around the walls, I have like all the bookshelves to, to house all the books. But like, you know, and then th- that's how I eventually want to have it. Like to get to a situation. Yeah, where, man. Yeah, that's that's what I want. That's how my room is that I've, I'm clearing out for my daughter. Right. Uh, you know, it's probably 40 feet long. It's as wide as our house. Wow. And then, you know, it's maybe... I don't know, 15 feet wide. So it made a pretty good display space. And then yeah. I filled it up with all this shit. And yeah. now I got to get rid of all the shit to make room for my kids. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, I hear you, man. I hear you. Yeah, I mean, so. Won't be yeah. doing that again. No, I remember um, Rich uh, in his, well, even the place he is now, he has kind of a smaller room, not as fancy as that. But he, in the place he was in before he is in now, he had like a room that was like pretty much full on display. And I, I thought yeah. it was pretty impressive. Like he had a lot more statues than I had at the time. I mean, I, I've got stuff that's not super expensive, but I've got enough stuff that it could display nicely. But um, yeah, it's one of the challenges, isn't it? Of, uh, of collecting now, dread or dead. Uh, we'll set the scene. This one is basically, um, Oh, and I should mention, uh, I know we also do flashbacks. Last night, I put onto my iPad 20 more issues of Kerry Bates Flash and about 40 more issues of Bronze Age Superman. I, I, advi- I advised you of that. I, I love Bronze Age Superman, dude. I can't get enough. I, I guarantee you'd like it, actually. Like, I think um, I would like some of it. I don't think I'd like any of it like you do, and I definitely don't <laughs> think I liked that Flash that we covered. Wow, we. I just got a feeling that there's going to be another flashbacks with Kerry Bates down the track somewhere, don't you? That we're going to run into him Gosh, in the time stream. Yeah. <laughs> you and Rich might run into him. I was going to say, I think pretty soon we're going to be doing that Grant Morrison flash. We are. We are. No, definitely next time we're doing. Next time we do flashbacks, we'll do the Grant Morrison, Mark Millar uh, flash run. But um, somewhere in your future, you're going to run into more Kerry Bates flash, you know? Just, be- just because, you know, you didn't feel... Like, that's an acclaimed story that we did, you know? Whereas I... I, 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 don't, I, I don't know that it's acclaimed. It's, <laughs> like, uh, it's uh, notable, I guess, in Flash canon. <laughs> Jesus. They were definitely... In, in, you know how they're always, like, um, you know, these days, it's always like, oh, you know, Ben stretches the story out. I felt Kerry Bates was stretching the story out back in the 80s or... 70s or whenever it was he did it you know like, yeah man i mean wait till you get to the trial i think that nah, goes on for like yeah, no, three years now i've i've heard the trial was <laughs> when they knew the book was going to get cancelled and they were just stringing it along for some reason yeah. I, I don't know what they were thinking but no i mean you know i love my kerry bates but no the superman stuff is a lot i i think it's a lot stronger i i i know <laughs> you know i just feel that like 
that flash stuff it was just like it just felt the same thing over and over and over and over and over you know like you know um yeah, I think I would like the Bronze Age stuff because that's one thing that I feel like when Johns came on the Superman stuff that mm. he kind of brought back a lot of the Bronze Age status quo yeah, type definitely. stuff which and supporting cast. So I think I would probably like that. But uh, speaking of him, I've been kind of checked out from comics, like not super happy with anything coming out. But then now he's got um, like three or four books that he's got that's going to be coming out that I'm pretty you know, excited about comics again, so... So which ones nice. are they? This isn't his Geiger stuff, this is DC stuff, is it? Well, he's got a, a Geiger, like, side book uh, called Junkyard Joe. It's about, like, a robot. Um, is that out yet or not? Story. It's coming out soon, like, in the next couple months. And then he's got, yeah, a couple JSA things in the works, like the New Golden Age and a JSA book mm-hmm. and a Stargirl miniseries. And he's even teasing... Um, the Legion for some of that, and he's oh, got Jay. that Flashpoint Beyond book. So I, for me, it's really exciting yeah. that he's coming back into the the comic stuff more. A hundred percent. Like, I mean, I, I liked his Geiger, but I thought it was good actually. The Geiger, um, and I'll definitely read. Really good. Yeah, I'll definitely read the spinoff. Um, uh, but I would definitely read the new Golden Age, and I'd give the Star Girl a try as well. Why not? Like, um, yeah, I, I don't. I always feel like he he never gets it too wrong. You know, even his, at DC, even, like, not his best stuff is still pretty damn readable, especially compared to what's on the shelves around him, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, there's a few misfires, and some of his early stuff isn't my favorite, but, you know, I really enjoy the guy. Oh, totally, man, totally. And that whole, we covered it on the show recently, um, that whole thing about how Jeff Johns isn't a good writer and wasn't good for DC thing on Twitter I saw. I was like, are these people, like, on massive amounts of drugs? You know, like, he rebuilt whole franchises at DC. How can you say he wasn't good for them? Like, how many copies of Green Lantern did he sell? I guarantee you it was, like, in the millions, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, he he brought life back to Green Lantern, um, Aquaman, the Teen Titans. Like, people would make fun of him when he told them he was going to, you know, try to bring back the Teen Titans Hmm. at the time. And it's like... You know, think about that cartoon series. Never probably would have happened if he hadn't uh, uh, brought the... Totally, totally. Yeah, it, like, it's just revisionist history where they, they tried to slam him for whatever, you know, comments Cryborg was going on about, and there was this, like, backlash on the internet. It's weird. The internet likes to eat people up, like Twitter especially. Like, they go after, like, Jeff Johns, and I saw them, they were going after Bruce Tim as well, and I was like, on, on, honestly, at what point... Like, they're so self-hating, you know what I mean? Like, they, these are people, like, who have built up whole pillars of the DC, you know, tentpole franchises. Like, Bruce Tim revolutionised Batman Animated, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he came yeah. in, that, that, that's brought so many people into the doors of liking Batman. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and then to sort of turn around and, like, try to sort of tear him down and it's like really like why why are you bothering to do well yeah i mean and the thing with jeff johns too what really bugs me is people don't actually like read the stuff they just see that he's canceled and they're upset like if you read what ray fisher said like the worst thing that jeff john said to him was hey man if you keep carrying on like this it's not gonna be good like for your reputation like, to me, that was an older man telling a younger man, like, you're being a dick, and this isn't good. 
how you're behaving. And then the other yeah. thing that somebody brought up was uh, some kind of underage girl reaching out saying, hey, if I win this contest, can we have lunch? And he says, yeah, we, we, might, we might be able to do lunch if you win this contest. Like, and yeah. then all of a sudden, he's some kind of pervert and is like, yeah. you guys are insane. <laughs> Exactly. He's by all accounts like a good guy. Uh, he's got a really interesting backstory. But anyway, yeah, we don't maybe. need to get into all that. We don't need to. But uh, but I, I like to point it out because I think at times like it's a bit of sanity almost in the insane world of cancer culture. Basically, yeah. you know. Um, now I agree. Now turning to uh, basically the storyline for this is pretty simple. This huge uh, sort of like floating city called Sin City, which is basically like a Las Vegas without any rules kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like take Vegas and times it to like a million and death matches are yeah. all out and all this. Um, and it's like a traveling city. It's a traveling yeah. city. It goes around. It's been down to, to the Hondo, to the Australian thing. It's been to Hondo City. It's been to the Australian one. It's been all, all around. It floats around. It's basically a huge gambling den. It's come to Mega City, and at first I was like, "Why would the judges allow this?" You know, it it docks outside the Mega City, and then the people fly over on their hovercrafts and stuff. But I loved it because at first Judge Hershey says it's going to happen, and um, Dred's going to lead a detail of judges, and he full on's like, "No, I'm not doing it." She's like, "I'm the chief judge. You can't talk to me that way." And of course, we all know that they're like best buddies. And then she takes him into a private room and she tells him that there was a terrorist on board that's been reported back and he's basically leading the terrorist hunt for this massive, like, terrorist who's against all the mega cities, uh, Just a, you know, crazy terrorist. And so Dred's like, oh, okay, cool. And he goes over there. Um, they're basically trying to track her down. Um, she's got this... She's waiting for some virusing to get delivered. And then it flashes to um, the East Meg in the Mediterranean Free State, the sort of new Kremlin they've got set up there. And they release Orlok from prison. Orlok the assassin, you remember him from Block War. Um, he's the guy who... Did we read that one? I think uh, I think so, the Apocalypse War. Um, but basically, he's this Russian assassin who poisoned the water supply in Mega City 1 and made all the people fight each other, block war, like all block mania all across the city, and then the apocalypse war starts. It was to weaken the mega city before they fired the missiles. Um, and so Dred's always had a real hard on for catching this guy, and they've they fought, you know, multiple times over the years. Mm-hmm. And at some point, Orlok's been captured by the Kremlin, and he's given this last chance to um, deliver this uh, virus to Sin City with the goal to get it to Mega City 1. He turns up to give it to the uh, woman, but the judges have intercepted her, and firefighting shoes, he releases the chemicals, um, he gets punched out by dread. Um, Sin City, the plague starts to happen, they hoist the plague flag. Um, they eventually manage to cure her, but at the loss of about 800,000 people, um, and it doesn't spread to Mega City 1, it stays contained within Sin City, uh, and then the remainder of the trade is like the trial of Orlok um, mm-hmm. and, and all that sort of stuff and, and wraps it up. Um, have I given a pretty good summation there? Yeah, I think so. Definitely. Um, I was pretty happy with myself. This, uh, Yeah, for sure. This was a, a pretty good read. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, I mostly like when 
Um, his name's slipping my mind. The writer, John Wagner. Yeah, I like when John Wagner does things like world building or exploring the world. So oh. being able to see like this Sin City and the kind of crazy things they're doing there, oh, I yeah. think is a lot of fun. And you know, seeing Dread in there is fun. Uh, but where sometimes he falls down, in my opinion, mm. is when he gets into the procedural stuff. Like yeah, yeah, to me, yeah. I was kind of bored by the oh, this woman. Um, <laughs> you know, I barely remembered her name. I barely remember what she looked like, and she was barely important in the story. Yeah. Um, whereas it's kind of like a lot of chatter it's about a, her it's a when terrorist. Yeah, the terrorist woman. I like the terrorist. Where that was, that was, I thought that was a cool part of the story. Where, I just didn't think she was in it much. Well, I liked how she was hiding out with the general manager and like and like drugging him so that he wouldn't even remember and stuff like that. Like that was pretty cool. Yeah, I might not even be remembering that part to be honest. Well, remember the terrorist, like the the original lady, the one they're all searching for, and she's mm-hmm. she's hanging out with the general manager of the whole of Sin City, but she's giving him the drug. So that he, she, basically, it's like a obedience drug, and he keeps on like he's saying stuff like, "Oh, you know, Dred's looking for this terrorist woman." Oh, well, he looks a bit, a little bit like she looks a little bit like you, and she's like, "I hope you didn't say that, Dred." He's like, "Oh no," she goes, "Let me give you some more of the drug. I might be starting to wear off." Like, don't you remember that? And then Dred, Dred storms the penthouse, and the guy's like surprised because in the drug has blotted out his memory of her being there. No, I actually don't remember any of this. Where was this? This is in This is in really. This is this give me give me a page number ish. All right. You know? All right. Let me let me find it for you. Um, I know this, this is good radio. This is the whole. This is the whole storyline of how they catch her, and then remember and remember then he interrogates her. Dread interrogates her, and that's how they find out about Orlock and all that stuff. Is it oh, okay? Yes, uh, yeah. It's it's um it's all coming back to me. Yeah, is it? A little bit. <laughs> Jesus, um, I will say something that I personally would have preferred. I'm not a massive fan of the artist Kev Walker. I I I I, I constantly was like, man, couldn't we have got a fucking like more detailed artist on this? Like it was very sketchy. Um, just my opinion, just one man's opinion. Um, like, I don't mind it, but did you find at times the art felt a little bit sort of sterile? Yeah, I mean, I liked it at times, and other times I didn't. At times, it honestly reminded me of, um, maybe like an Eduardo Riso. Yeah, yeah. Or, I'm trying to remember, I think it was the second one where I looked at it, and I, uh, the backup stuff I looked at, and I was like, this kind of looks like Frank Miller. For like a half a second. No, yeah, I agree. Um, uh, Around page, if you look on page 57 of the trade, you see where she's in there and and Dredd comes in and shoots her and the guy's like there going, I I don't understand. And he goes, end of the line, Danzner. And he shoots her gun out of her hand. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I got that. Yeah, so... And then... He's got her in the thing, and don't forget the the judges will not hesitate to torture, you know. Um, yeah, for sure. Now, I also like the storyline of that guy in the in the in the pit in the gladiatorial pit who was a former judge. That was really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I and he was too brutal, and then uh, went to Cincinnati to become a gladiator. I also like the subplot of the guy with his brother. 
but I almost feel like some of these things, you know, you could have done a little more with. Yeah, I agree. The subplot with the brother was good, and then and then the brother um basically gets uh, annihilated in the end, doesn't he? Like um he gets yeah he he basically gets totally annihilated, like because he's trying to recover back the money that he owes the casinos and stuff. And it's yeah, just and it was like, either you know get killed by the casinos or take a shot against the gladiator guy. He had no chance against the gladiator guy. The gladiator guy's got like a chainsaw for an arm. <laughs> um, I don't know how he thought he was going to be the gladiator guy. Um, and but I liked it when he was saying the, the his judge brother saying come to the mega city, and he's like, you don't think they've got people in the mega city? Um, it was it was I liked that kind of like it was hopeless kind of thing, wasn't it? Really, you know what I mean? Like and. And the judge says to him, you know we don't have money. When he's saying, can you give me 57,000 credits? He goes, you know we don't have money. So why are you even asking? And I was just like, that was heavy, you know? Yeah, that was cool. And, I, you know, I liked that supporting judge. And um, I don't know who the black judge was, but I liked that character a lot too. And I almost feel sometimes like uh, a weakness with, 2000, or with Judge Dredd is... Yeah having all these judges dressed the same where, <laughs> uh, you know, you can't really tell them apart or anything. And it's like, yeah, you know, I'd like to be invested in these characters, but I just can't tell which one's which. Well, you're always like, remember their names. which one is Dread, and they usually make Dread. They show his badge or, in, or in this artist had like the, his chin had the sort of like extra lines on it, which is how you knew it was Dread. But sometimes yeah. I'm like, is this Dread or is this someone I don't care about? You know, when they're talking. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they've always got to say the names of each other, you know, in the in the comic to make sure. Unless they've got a mustache or something, they all do look a bit similar a lot of the time, you know. And they're um, not supposed to have mustaches, right? Uh, it's I, I generally frowned upon, but the, the but the that judge who was going to fight the the Mendoza, he um he had a mustache. Oh right, yeah. Yeah, no, I was I thinking think back to one um one of the early ones we did where. I don't know. It was like a hippie, hippie, yeah. <laughs> not really a hippie, but, uh, but you know, Dredd didn't approve of his facial hair, and he ended up having to shave it off. Do something to stra- No, he had to sacrifice himself, <laughs> and he ended up going like brain dead or something. I don't remember. Um, but it was pretty. You are right. Dredd does frown upon facial hair, but but some judges do have it. Um, but oh, okay. yeah, he he frowns upon it, and I did like that scene with the informant when he was like smoking and stuff. He's going, he's giving his, he's he's a judge, but he's like undercover, and he's like, yeah, sorry, boss man, and, and Dred's like, uh, you know, you will be sorry. Stop smoking that tobacco implement. You're not undercover now. <laughs> yeah, I did like that. You know, the guy's just having fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, you know, taking advantage of the opportunity. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, all the things that are outlawed in Mega City. And these undercover judges have to go pretty deep. You know, like the undercover guys, they do have... I want to say, I think they're called the Wally Squad, um, I believe is the, is the term that's used uh, in Judge Dredd for them. And they do have to go deep. And, like, it's completely the opposite of Judge Dredd, you know, because he's Mr. Straighty 180. Um, mm-hmm. And whereas the Wally Squad guys... When you have to go undercover, I mean, you may have to kill people. You have to do all sorts of drugs and stuff, like... We're infiltrating these, um, you know, these, uh, you know, criminal networks, man. Like, yeah, a, a Wally Squad is a member of the undercover judge unit in the Justice Department. So, you know, their their whole goal is to look like normal citizens, as opposed to the beacons of law and order that are the are the judges. 
Yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah, and um, like I, I had a. You are right, and we're so. Yeah, there is a similarity. I don't mind Kev Walker's art. Like it gets the story told well, but at times I longed for more detail because I love more detail in Dread. Do you know what I mean? So I love for I, I was I was kind of like. He does a really good job. I'm looking at the torture scenes of the terrorists. Like, it's good artwork. But sometimes when I go to, like, the scene where Orlok is being dispatched in the water, it's just so simplistic, you can barely tell what's happening. Where he's being dispatched in the where, water? Where, where, where Orlok, on pay, if you go to page 60, you see this fin in the air, and it's, it's the submarine that Orlok's on, where, it, where he then comes into Sin City. And it's just so simplistic that you can almost barely tell what's happening. Um, yeah, I can see what you mean. Yeah, like it's stuff like that. I'm like, man, if we had a more detailed artist, you know, there would be more stuff. But like he does get, he's very good at characters. He's very good at like faces. Um, but like there's a crowd scene. Like look at this crowd scene in page 66. Okay. Look at the crowd scene where he has, we had six people in here. How did he get away? And you see the judges driving through a crowd. Look at that crowd scene, man, and tell me that, like, that couldn't be done better. You know? I think uh, my page 66 is different than yours, maybe. What what page 66 have you got? What have you got? Uh, Orlok is at the top saying nothing to worry about. Oh, I think I see what you mean. The middle panel there? Yeah, yeah, the middle panel. Yes. Yeah. Look at yeah, that. I mean, I get that. I, I mean, on, it's man. one panel out of one, <laughs> two, three, seven panels where I get why he didn't, like, draw a bunch of people. I mean, I'm, not I your point he, too. I'm not saying he has to go George Perez, but but I'm just, yeah. to me, uh, look, that's the style. I get it, but it, that was where I would get a bit frustrated where I'm like, man, come on, dude. Like, you know, you, you're just slamming this out at a fast pace. I understand that, but, like, a little bit more detail would be nice is all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying, man. Are they going to shoot me down? Yeah. I'd say that panel in particular, like, even up above where he's got the bridge and there's people on there, it looks a little bit better than yeah. um, where people are on the ground there. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think Kev Walker did some Legion artwork uh, right. back when Abnet was writing the book. Well, that, would, that wouldn't surprise me because Abnet, obviously, a strong UK connection and writes plenty of Dread himself, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but then flip side, the, the scene, if you look on the scenes in page 68 where um, I love these those old people who are like whether they would commit suicide or not. Yeah. <laughs> and, they're, and, they're, and they're saying like their parents won't let us marry. And the guy's like, all I could say is if you're still asking your, your parents at your age, suicide's probably the best thing for you. And they're like really old. <laughs> um, and then, um, then, then in page sixty-eight, we have the scenes with Orlok and Dread facing off. See, I think that artwork there really works, and it is a bit hundred bullets like. Actually, now that I look at it, yeah, I can, I can yeah, see yeah, it. yeah. It's and he's like, "To hell with you, Dread, and all your people." He goes, "Dread's like, give me those vials to me, and I guarantee you, whatever you've done here, you'll be treated and released to go your way." Do you think Dread's lying when he says that? I th- I do I I think Dread would be lying, and and he's like yeah, I would think so yeah. yeah and he's like I like Orlok here your word well that's different you will promise not to pursue me to let me live the rest of my life in peace free from the ghosts of the ones you murdered to hell with you Dread and all your people and he just throws off the thing and Dread slams him with a punch it goes down and there we go the the plague is let off 
it's pretty crazy. I, I like that people where 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 the um where the, the they then asked one of the judges, should we jump now? You might as well. <laughs> they actually do. <laughs> yeah, and then someone else he's also saying no stop. Yeah, yeah, like well, right I, I, I think it was more just a one-liner. Like, it was just, like, hmm. a, a one-liner. Like, it wasn't to be taken so seriously. But anyway, I mean, they were at the end of their life cycle anyway. So, you know, what do you look how old they are in that picture, man. Look, if you look at page 70, look how old the two people who are asking, should they jump now are. They've got to be in their yeah. 80s or 90s, like, really. You'd think so, and yet their parents are alive. Yeah. Um, I, I was kind of confused, though, because isn't Dread there in Sin City... But I guess, is he not affected by the poison because he's up above everybody? No, he's affected. He, he, um, he, he's affected, man. He just doesn't get killed. So oh, okay. ba- basically, all right, so let's, let's, let's talk about this because I, I understand your um, confusion here. So basically, the, the plague thing goes off. He says, hoist the plague flag. Uh, since he's quarantined, okay, um, it goes down to the ground levels first. But it takes time for the for the plague to actually take effect, you know. So it, you know, before the Simpsons show. So if you go to us, he then fights the guy. He 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 goes and he wraps up literally the subplot with the Murte, the the guy who I thought may have been from a previous uh, dread episode because I remembered a guy with a mustache who was a corrupt judge, but I don't think it's the same guy. Um, but he fights him, and he just totally demolishes him. Now, did you think that that guy should have put up a better fight? Because Dredd just totally owns him in the fight. If you go to page 76 when they're fighting, and Dredd's giving him a talking to, see Mendoza, you're nowhere near as good as you think you are. You've got used to too many easy victims. But that's how you always liked them, easy. When it came down to it, you were no big deal. Just a bully who liked hurting people. I'm going to show you just what a punk you are. Then I'm going to lock you away for the rest of your life. Um, that's it. Keep trying. The more often you get up, the more often I get to lay you back down again. And he says that he beats the shit out of him, and then he burns the D into his chest. Would you have liked to have seen, yeah. a, like, a more sort of, like, even fight, or did you like the one-sided nature of the fight? I mean, on the one hand, it's cool, because we know... I mean, really, it always seemed like this Marte guy had an unfair advantage, right? Because he had all these crazy weapons. Yeah. Um, against these other guys. Um, so I guess kind of maybe part of the point is like, you know, Dread's the real thing and this guy's just a poser. But at the same time, like as someone reading a comic book, uh, <laughs> it would be kind of cool to see a, a nice big fight between the two of them. Well, it's like when they had the fists of Stanley. I'm not sure if we did that one on the on the show, but they mm-hmm. had the character, the martial artist, he actually owned Dread. It's one of the few times that Dread was not just beaten, but he was demolished in hand-to-hand combat against him, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, and whereas this is the opposite. This is just Dread on dispatch mode. Uh, and then he locks the guy up and he basically says, um, even if uh, even if you die, you're probably going to die anyway. Maybe none of us will get off Sin City alive, but at least for a few hours, I'll have the satisfaction of knowing you're where you belong. And then he also takes along his little mouthpiece. It gives him 80 gear bedding, also life. Um, now... So then, if you look, you look on page seventy nine. You can see that the um, they're talking about weakness and nausea develop. The first skin pustules appear after about sixteen hours. Victims become feverish, often lapsing into unconsciousness. Uh, Ulsa Dancer, the the terror she bit through her own wrist. She knew what the bacteria would do. Now look at the bottom bottom right hand thing there. You see how dread is affected. See how the skin pustules are oh, yeah. on his chin. Yeah. So he's just. 
he's just he's affected um but 36 hours after infection the second and third waves have fallen victim to the sin city plague mortality 37 percent and rising um okay. yeah uh and he says keep them there um luckily it says uh they've got the bacterium here somehow at least that's why we knew where they were. We had a chance at them. And thanks to Dred's prompt action, we've been able to limit the damage. And so there was antibiotics. He's saying, just lost Kaplan, good kid, didn't respond to antibiotics. But Dred did. So it's 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 a situation where they managed to have antivirals and antibiotics and all that kind of stuff. They managed to save quite a lot of the people, uh, but not everyone. So about 800,000 people died on Sin City. It was the idea that... Um you know they they just left all the corpses there and blew it up so yeah. everybody yeah exactly. okay yeah so that's what I was they they destroyed the whole of sin, sin sin city and they sunk it um and the whole point of what they were trying to do what Orlock and the woman were trying to do was they would spread the bacteria but no one would know so they would go all go back to mega city 1 and then it would spread throughout the whole mega city because there was the delayed impact. It's like if you get COVID, you're a carrier before you display symptoms kind of thing. That, yeah, that, that's that kind of that, that, that was the plan. But the plan was the ruse was, you know, exposed by the judges because they found out about the terrorists and they found out about Orlock and then they knew Orlock had... Orlock did actually expose Sin City to it, but they, because they knew he'd done it, they were able to stop, you know, maybe somewhat fancifully stop anyone exiting the city so they managed to contain it um pretty close thing though when you think about it you know for sure yeah like um i wanted to, i like this last panel where they show this you know the devil figure guy yeah, yeah, yeah. um had died i thought that was kind of cool and haunting after seeing him throughout as this kind of like uh mascot for sin city was he actually a devil or like a, like a mutant or was he wearing like a costume even when I don't they, know. I mean, yeah. I don't think he was like you know a figure. He wasn't like Mephisto or something. Like he no. didn't. Yeah, but um, I will say though, when I see in these dread stories, where you know in the past we've had one where there's been like a game show, mm. and somebody would you know risk death on this game show for a lot of money yeah. or these people in sin city <laughs> it's usually like whenever something bad happens to the spectators of those <laughs> kinds of grim you know shows or whatever i don't ever feel too bad for them nah definitely um, not <laughs> well cuz yeah. the, they're the that's the thing in dread like even when it's a serious story like this there's always a bit of dark comedy in the background mm-hmm. and the thing is the citizens kind of in dreads storylines are treated with kind of contempt they're shown to be sort of almost sheep you know what i mean like yeah. e- easily entertained uh very low morals um you know always looking for a quick exit i i think part of the reason is the citizens of the cities, like, it's always been drummed into Dread Readers. They, they're kind of massive unemployment rate. They're kind of bored. They're easily sort of the lowest form of entertainment is what entertains them kind of thing. Like, that's that's how they're depicted most often, you know, in Dread. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was funny when they're like, if you want the chance for the million, do you want to fry Granny with, like, the electric vaults? And she's like, we love Granny, but she's had a good innings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah, and then they they fry. So I only knew what that phrase meant from you. Like that's not something that we say here, 
but I've heard you say it on the show in the past, so I was like, oh. What's that? There's that thing. The good innings. Oh, yeah, good innings. Yeah, it's British. Yeah, from, from cricket. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Pretty funny. Yeah. Um, because you know how in baseball you got innings. In cricket innings, they can bat for, like, long periods. They could bat for a whole day kind of thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. Um, okay, so then we come to the case for the defence, and... Then we have a different artist on board, Ben Whistler, uh, and it's basically the the defence guy who's going to defend Orlock at his trial because Orlock was was captured. Uh, goes and talks to Dread while Dread's. Um, this is actually a cool story, a cool one shot. He's he's talking while Dread's capturing someone. He actually gets shot himself, and he's still but he's still just talking. Like he seems like a nice guy, and he's making the point that um when Orlock. Infected Mega City One with the Block Mania formula. A a paper that um for for a pre sort of like appraisal on East Meg, so like a strike force would go in to eliminate East the East Meg One before uh you know like a what do you call it like you know in, in war like where you sort of make the first move, and so a paper for, that was commissioned by the Mega City by the judges for that attack, made its way to, to the East Meg. And so Orlok's defence is going to rest upon the fact that him coming to create Block Mania to start the Apocalypse War was actually kind of like they were sort of doing that in defence of themselves because there was there was a paper that showed that Mega City 1 was going to come and invade East Meg. Does that make sense? Have I, have I explained yeah, that one? That was, that was really interesting. Um defense of Orlock, you know, he's like, you know, this is basically just you, Dread, except on the other side, and he yes. was doing what you would do to defend your home, um, which was pretty interesting and well-written. I almost feel like this issue and the third issue have a lot of, like, redundancy, where it kind of shows where they're on, like, a week-by-week grind. Yeah. Um, because I almost feel like this story is unnecessary, because it doesn't really cover any ground that's not covered in the third part. Uh, yeah, the but they, they like to do this. They like to sort of thread yeah. the story through. I enjoyed it, though. I, I thought it was... I thought no, it, I was, liked it. it was. I also really liked the artwork. I, I thought the artwork was nice as well. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, that's the one I think that I... Or maybe it's the next one that I thought kind of reminded me of Frank Miller. The, the next guy, Paul Marshall, at times really reminded me of Steve Dillon um, in certain aspects. But... Um, but, it's Cam Kennedy, actually. Sorry, the third okay. one that reminded me of um, okay. Frank Miller. Sorry. Cam Kennedy's like a big time two thousand D artist. Um, now, I know the name. Sorry, he did um, uh, some Boba Fett and Star Wars stuff um, with John Wagner back in the nineties as well. Um, now, I will say this: if we flash back to the Apocalypse War, Dread literally rode missiles in to East Meg One to destroy the entire city. So. At the end of the day, what the order of events was this. Uh, and Dread brings it up in the next issue. What actually happened was East Meg did do an attack on uh, through a proxy in the Black Atlantic where they sort of like... They, they sort of let the story brew for a while, but there was an incident in the Black Atlantic where uh, a missile, I believe, got fired into Mega City 1 and wiped out some blocks or something. Um, and then after that, there was the paper 
which is discussed here. And then there was Blockmania, which led straight into Apocalypse War. But Apocalypse War ends with the total annihilation of East Mega City 1. You know? Like, so where, where does Apocalypse War take place within this context of the, what we read? Well, it's like about 30 years before. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so like I was almost thinking ages. that... For some reason, I was thinking that this um, Sin City arc led into Apocalypse War and that this backup material was like the aftermath of Apocalypse War. No, the so. Apocalypse War is like one of the most famous stories. We'll, we'll do it on Dread or Dead. Um, it's like, it's an early 80s story. It's considered one of the best ever storylines in Megas, in Judge Red history. It's basically the Sov block, the Soviets versus Mega City 1. So it was like, yeah, if you remember tough. back in the early 80s, the Cold War was at its height. Um, and I wasn't born. You weren't born, but it, it was <laughs> like kidding. you had Ray, Reagan versus, you know, whoever in the, you know, Russia and stuff. And yeah. so it was playing on that. So th- you had the Sov judges, which were kind of even more sort of like full on like fascist than the regular judges. And they were at each other's throats. And there was kind of like a cold war between them, but eventually there was a war, which ended up with Mega City 1 got hammered, very badly hammered, but in the reprisal attacks by Judge Dredd, they actually wiped out um, East Meg 1. Um, so they wiped it out, which is why Orlock and those guys are so hate them so much. Because ever since then, they've sort of been almost like nomads. You know what I mean? Like they've created different cities around the world and stuff, but they're essentially a bit stateless and they're now located in the Mediterranean. And as you can see, I love the next issue, man, where it's the reprisals and these guys who are sort of like, they're not judges, but they're sort of like, they're, they're like real macho um, GI troopers, aren't they really? Like genetic troopers. And they come in and they just decimate um, and they're just killing like almost indiscriminately um, the judges are like, this is for Mega City One boys. Let's kiss, kick, kick soft butt so hard they'll be toasting toilet roll. They'll be tasting toilet roll. Remember Sin City, and it's like the the genetic inf- infantrymen. Um, I dug these guys. They're the hardcore units, and they're they're, they're sort of amped up, macho, militaristic sort of cliches. Um, so the 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 Russian people were in the East Block. You said. They were, and then after 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 that got destroyed, they eventually settled in the Mediterranean in new, the New Kremlin, sort of in a floating sort of palace. And okay, that's where the rulers and stuff are, and they're the people who commissioned the Sin City poison attack. And so Mega City One sends in the genetic infantrymen, which are sort of like amped up, kind of muscle bound, you know, um, sort of military guys. And they come in and they just decimate and they take the leaders and they so it's a full on reprisal attack, you know. I kind of felt like I was yeah, kind of missing something context wise with this one, but so basically these guys were they when they come in and attack the new Kremlin, are they actually um sanctioned to do that? Yes, or are yes, they, but they okay. yeah, but they went they went too far, but yeah, they were. They were it was literally like if you can think about it in modern terms, like think of like a special forces hit or something on Al-Qaeda, something like that, you know, where say something's happened, some terrorist attacks happened to the US and, you know, they, you know, when they killed, uh, what's his name, Osama bin Laden and stuff like that, you know, they go in behind the lines and they find them in their foxholes and they shoot him and stuff. 
and they dump in this. Yeah. This is a reprisal for the the Devil's Island thing. Yes, exactly. Yes. Oh, okay. All yeah. Right, so right. because because Mega City One don't take because they because they pretty much destroy the Soviets. Um, they're always like looking to squash them out wherever they turn up. And when they could prove when Orlok was involved, they know Orlok is like Orlok's the most famous Soviet, you know, agent, Sov agent. So when they realized he was he was the guy doing it, then they could tie it back into from 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 torture. They managed to get the details from from Orlok because you can't resist the torture because they use all the truth drugs and stuff on top of the pain. And so from that, they managed to uncover the new Kremlin's uh, links, and then they came in in a pretty blatant attack. But remember, the new Kremlin are nowhere near as powerful as they used to be. Like, they don't have nuclear weapons or anything, you know? Um, they just went in and, and blasted away. I like it because I'm sort of like, yeah, I, I like to see that kind of stuff. Like, I, I love it when we hit the terrorists where it hurts, you know, in real life. You know, I think we should do more of it, frankly. Um and yeah, and they did, and they came, these guys came in, but they kind of got carried away because they were kind of killing women and children as well. And then when they had the the guys there in the plane, they were actually like, "Oh yeah, let's just dump them and kill them all," which they did. And Dred's like, you know, suspicious of their story. <laughs> yeah, which I thought was funny. Um, and like, I like the way the guys there. Um, he's actually happy. He says. Dred's like, we can't lock you away as you deserve, but we can say that you and your men serve out the rest of your days in the worst hell pit this city can provide. Your posting will be the Methanos 12. You will report immediately to the surgeons to have methon filters fitted. A trusted time you will come to see the error of your actions. Thank you, sir. It's an honour to serve our city wherever we're sent. And the guy's smiling, so he doesn't even care. <laughs> yeah, does this Creed guy come back at all? Maybe he does, yeah. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure, but, but potentially. I, the way Wagner does it, Generally, yeah, they, he he sets threads up, and he doesn't have to, you know, action those threads like the next week. But you know, the, the, I thought the, yeah. uh, did you like the genetic infantrymen, sort of a more military version of the judges? Because I I kind of dug them. Yeah. I'd not seen them before. So yeah, yeah, they're pretty cool. Now you take us through Cam Kennedy in the final one. Now, I, could you agree with me that in that one with the genetic infantrymen, the way the guy was doing the jaws and stuff? I could really see elements of Steve Dillon in the faces, like the side profiles. Um, the middle one here. Yeah, like the. Yeah, I could kind of see that a little bit. Yeah, I just you know, uh, I mean, you know, Steve Dillon had that really distinctive style. For a second, I thought he was doing. Um, he was you know he'd done some more Judge Dredd, but it wasn't to be. Now, do you want to take us through the final one because this is the trial of Orlock? Um, and yeah, I, and I'll do I my best. Yeah, do your best. And Cam Kennedy is on art duties. Yeah, so with this Cam Kennedy stuff, like that bottom panel with uh, Orlock, and he looks like yeah. Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, um, that's the kind of the stuff that reminds me of like later Frank Miller, where it's like, yeah. um, I don't know, just like the way his anatomy is is just very Frank Miller. But anyway, uh, yeah, so we got Orlock, and he's uh, going to be on trial, and the people are out in the streets calling him a murderer. Sure. Um, and then we've got the trial, and uh, the judge from the first part of this uh, aftermath stuff is the defense attorney. Yes. And is that uh, is that black judge the same one that was in the Devil's Island story there? Or? Mm, I'm He's not, not wearing a name tag, so yeah, I'm not sure about that. But um, no, I don't think so because that black judge had a had a mustache. That guy had a mustache. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, That's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah. Um, 
so the the, the defense attorney his first com- you know defense is hey you know you guys obviously have something against him just by the fact that you appointed me to be his defense which I thought was kind of interesting yeah and that gets shot down because um, <laughs> this you know it is kind of a shitty assignment like everybody wants him dead and he's the yeah he's one that has to defend him yeah. But I thought the guy, he did a pretty good job considering he's given a pretty, you know, defending Orlock to Mega City judges is a pretty tall order, you know, because, like, he's the most hated of sort of all the solved people and stuff, and, like, he did cause the deaths of millions of people. So it's a tough gig, you know? Well, I mean, that's the thing is at the end, you know, Judge Dredd says something like, you did a great job or whatever, yeah. and he's like, yeah, probably ruined my career. And... It honestly seems like he might have meant I did too good of a job, and that's how I ruined my career because yeah, you know nobody's going to want to work with me because I actually tried to defend this guy. Um, but it's good to say that Dredd is the one who's like you did a good job. Like Dredd, yeah. this is the thing people don't understand sometimes. Dredd does is very moral. I mean, yeah, he he has to go all the way. Like he will torture and stuff if required to under the law. But he, he doesn't mind telling that guy, like, you did a good job. You, you, you basically tried your best. You had a shit assignment, and you, you tried to do what you could do. There is a moral backbone to Judge Dredd. Sure, yeah, that, that is kind of interesting. But, uh, yeah, so basically the same defense we heard before. Um, initially, he says, you know, you didn't execute him at the time, so you must not, speaking of Dredd, you must not think that he should be executed. And he said, well, no, I just think it needed to be done in public just because of how heinous the crime was. Mm. Um, but, uh, and then he flips it on, and then dread flips it and dread actually. And this is the point I was trying to make because I remembered from my time, um, where he says, he, he brings out the point that, um, uh, about how there was the attack beforehand. Uh, I'm just trying to bring it up here. Yeah. The preemptive strike. Or maybe you were sick when they covered at the Academy. Almost a year before that document was produced, East Meg agent Nikita Cram was yes. instrumental in directing a nuclear strike on Mega City 1. And don't tell me Orlock didn't know about that. Yeah, and that's so, right. That was yeah. Pirates of the Black Atlantic, Progs 197 and 200. And I remember that. And that was a really good example of Wagner and Grant at the time threading the storyline because that came as a revelation at the end of the story like you didn't know that throughout most of the story then at the end there was that kind of realization that east meg was behind it and and that that escalated the tensions which very soon afterwards led into apocalypse war so and it's right i mean that was that was in dread's defense that was a trigger so it made sense that they're like well the so like let's face it at the height of the cold war with the US and Russia, both of these governments would have done many scenarios with the other side, with with them either responding to an attack or doing the attack first. You know, you know what I mean? Like at at, at governmental levels, they would have completely wargamed it so that either side would have taken the first step. Would you agree? Yeah, Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, like, you know, like, you know, it almost doesn't need to be defended because it's so... Obvious, because of course you're like, well, any military side that has an advantage is generally going to try to press that advantage. The only reason that it didn't escalate into a hot war in real life is because of the whole mutually assured destruction thing. You know, like 
that's what's kept the world from being destroyed because they're like, if we actually launched a physical attack on Russia in like 1960-whatever, it would have resulted in a nuclear war back then. You know? That's... Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's, yeah. it's that simple. Yeah, that's always been a really interesting, um, you know, period in history to me. So it's interesting, you know, seeing where Dread will kind of pick up on those threads with the Sovs versus the, yeah. you know, Mega City one. I sure. love it. I love it, man. And so then Orlok tries to escape, and it's kind of like a pitiful escape. Uh, it's Orlok at the end of his time, and he, he sort of tries to live by the bullet, die by the bullet. And Dread doesn't, um, and, and Dread basically almost like tases him, doesn't he? Really? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't even say it's a pitiful escape, um, because frankly, he overpowers everyone else. It's just the fact that, you know, it's Dread, obviously, that yeah. he's not going to be able to take on him. And then just Dread straps him into the chair, and he's like, I'll be waiting for you in Hell Dread. I'll look forward to it. Uh, and then they kill him. Um, I like I like it when he hands the guy the note where he says, "Make sure this note gets yeah. to her. <laughs> never forget, never forgive." He's like, "Sure." He like crunches it up. Um, I like that too. Yeah, and then I like the end of it. Orlock knew he could never escape. He lived by the bullet. He wanted to die by the bullet. Request denied. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not sure. I've got a feeling that Orlock may have actually survived. Um, this whole thing. I, I, I want to type. I, I'm going to look in. in let's ha- let's have a look to see if. All I of- was looking at his wiki, and I don't think he really. You know, I don't think he survives. Okay, cool. From his list of appearances. Okay, cool. All right. So yeah, he he, he was a very long running, uh, you know, kind of like uh, assassin sort of thing. So finally, yeah, you are right. I don't. I believe this 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 end may have. Yeah. Um. He had some post posthumous uh, appearances, and he had like a, a special that took place before his first appearance. But that's it. Right. Me, so. Okay. All right. Well, um, and that brings us to the end of of this read. So I want to get your thoughts, Adam. What was what was your thoughts and vibes about this one? Like that was really good. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was really good. I, I mean, I noted the criticisms before, obviously. But uh, I liked the the Sin City stuff. I liked the world building. Mm. Um, I liked Orlock. I almost feel like, um, you know, I haven't. I don't think I've read anything with him before. But you know, if he was like a long running character, I almost feel like uh, I don't know. I would have liked a little more show, sure. um, show or whatever. He's he, he gets killed. But yeah, overall, I really thought it was really good. Maybe one of the better ones we've done on the show. Um, I'd give it like a nine, maybe. Yeah, love a nine. Yeah, now yeah. we're talking, man. With that nine, I'm going to induct you into the into the judges, man. You're going to become Judge Adam. Finally, oh, nice. Finally, you're yeah. no longer a cadet. Yeah, you see, this is this is how you get you get on my good side. You've given a nine. Thank you, Adam. You get um, one of those those bikes. Yeah, you, yeah, man. Of course, you get a little master. Yeah, of course. It, it would help if I knew what the bikes were called. It would probably they're, help my case. But, they're called law masters. Yeah, law masters. <laughs> um, yeah, man. We'll ride the mean streets, and and believe you me, you're gonna have to keep an eye on me because I go a little bit psycho on the streets. I like to dish out a bit of punishment to the perps. You know what I mean? A little bit extra. Um, you're like Muerte. I'm gonna have to take you down. <laughs> Not that far. Uh, I did like the scene, just before we wrap up, the scene where they're, it looks like Dread's going to go really heavy against those guys, but they're actually the informants, or they're actually the undercover guys, you know, at the start of the story. 
where he's like... Yeah, that was that was cool. That was well done. Now, I, I, I'm going to agree with your nine. I'm giving it a nine as well. I had not read this issue before, but I had read the defense of Orlok and the trial of Orlok because I was picking up 2000 AD at the time and I remember reading them in the comic. But uh, I think I picked up 2000 AD again just after Sin City. So it was my first time reading reading this stuff and, and I really enjoyed it. I mean, I love my Judge Dredd, as you know. Uh, probably not a surprise to listeners <laughs> that I do. <laughs> but um, really fun. Uh, it took me some time to get used to the art style. It's not my favourite artist, but he does get the job done. So even though it's not my personal favourite, he does, he is a good storyteller. Um, you know, and, and Joel Wagner was in complete control. Uh, a really fun, entertaining read. Uh, always the drama uh, that a virus story brings in. One thing I would say, uh, I felt they cured it a bit too easily. It was kind of cured on a page break with the antibiotics, you know? Um, and I know 800,000 people died, and even some judges, but it wasn't like the black judge with the mustache who was pretty cool died, you know? Um, yeah, but the guy with the brother, um, he died, which was kind of like, oh, I was kind of interested in his whole thing, and then the character just gets killed. So the brother judge died, did he? Yeah, I think so. Okay, yeah, that's sad. Along with his ah. own brother, yeah. Um, I want to say, though, you you know, you were talking about the art. Um, just in closing, I do want to say there are pages and panels in this um, and figure work that I think is actually really good. Agreed. Um, but yeah, I can't I can't argue with you where there's some shortcuts every now and then, but like sometimes I'm looking at it and I'm just like, wow, this is really cool. And like I said, it reminds me of a hundred bullets. Uh, Totally agree. Totally agree. To be honest, the the art that he does generally is extremely good. Um, I I think his backgrounds uh, when he's doing like long shots are probably, I want to say, either a weakness or just a shortcut that he takes. But his, I mean, the stuff with Orlock and the fighting and his figure work, it's excellent. You know, like personality. Did he, is this, sorry, I'm going to cut you off. Is this the same artist, though, that we. Did part of the uh, uh, werewolf? I don't think um, so. No, that was Steve Dillon. Well, no, not that, but the the second part John, that which was, was like Ma- that was John McRae. John McRae. Oh, okay, okay. So John McRae, oh, who worked with uh, Garth Ennis on Hitman, he mm-hmm. he did the artwork for the for the sequel to the werewolf thing, like where it was like, what if Judge Red had stayed a werewolf? You know. Gotcha. Okay, because I do remember not liking, well, not loving that artwork. So I, know, I was just I know. trying that, to, and that was very con- that. that was a controversial viewpoint that you had in that show, if I recall. Um, yeah, I feel like we all said that. <laughs> Did we? I, I can't remember what I said. <laughs> <laughs> but Kev Walker, I do want to say, is an acclaimed 2008 artist and has done plenty of stuff. So this is my personal griping. Whereas I, in general, I I, I love what he's doing. So I don't want uh, the Kev Walker fans to descend upon Dave like. Hey guys, I get it. He's very good. Like this is dread. Let's get that straight. You know, at the end of the day, man, I tell you what, I'd love to be—a judge just beating the shit out of some perps with like the battens and stuff. You know, like <laughs> I seriously would. Like, I, you know, I could be one of those guys who could get a little close to the edge. I reckon if I was a cop, you know, like I think you're already a little close to the edge, and you're not even a cop. I know, so. but I don't have the power. Like, if I could just go in, like you know, start crashing people around, you know. I'm not, look, I'm not going to get into the politics of the thing, but when they're always like, oh, all she tried to do was like tackle the cop and like beat the shit out of her, I'm like, yeah, don't tackle the cop. That's my first piece of advice, you know? 
that's a good uh, advice. I mean, obviously, it's there's some you know bad situations out there for sure. So yeah, sure, yeah. Adam's trying to backpedal. He's trying to backpedal. He's trying to damage control. But I, I'll say this: I'm pro-military and I'm pro-cop, and I don't care. You know, like that's it. And if I have to, when I like more stories of the genetic infantrymen because I've never seen these guys come in before, and they came in hard charges. You know. Yeah, I was looking at their uh, wiki. I didn't really see a lot. I'm going to uh, do a bit of research. Genetic infantry. Uh, I, I was looking at the one guy, I guess. I didn't look at the whole group. I'll do a bit of research in the off-season. Now, Adam, it's been fantastic having you back uh, in the seat. I th- almost think we should probably do another Judge Red soon, don't you? Like, to give the listeners a taste. I just Yeah, yeah. um... I had COVID for a while, I guess, is something. Sure. So that kind of put a, a well, you know, it jammed up the works a little bit. So now that I'm back, you know, hopefully we can do stuff more regularly. You're back on the streets, man. Yeah, You're back, back in on saddle. the streets, back on the saddle. Man, like, I'm going to put this out there right now for a cool idea. What about this? Imagine guys cosplaying as judges and they go down to like some, you know, like guys with like military training and stuff and weapons. You cosplay as judges, and you just go down to some like um like high crime area, and you start dispatching and like you know extended execution, sentencing people, beating the shit out of criminals and stuff. Like, be kind of cool, wouldn't it? Like, I'd like to yeah, say. I don't think- the uh, cosplay helmet's gonna hold up against you know like an no, actual no, but firearm. Like, no, but what I'm <laughs> saying is you act. When I say cosplay, I mean you actually. They they go down in proper like full on outfits and stuff with bikes and everything, and they just start. Can you imagine like in you know down in some drug central crime den, like it'd be the reaction of the audience like down there at the time. They're like, "What the fuck's happening here? These two guys are just going fucking nuts, and like beating the shit out of criminals." Yeah. I mean, is it just a wild fantasy of mine, Adam, or could this be happening? You know, because I'm always like, "How come there aren't more like real life vigilantes?" That's all. I can't understand it. Like, get a few more guys out there, guys and girls. Doesn't it can be women as well, who just decide enough's enough. You know, Would isn't you... that basically the plot of you know Taxi Driver? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like Travis Bickle, he's kind of like nuts himself. Like when he's talking to the politician, he goes, "I think uh, uh, the streets are so full of scum, a flood needs, needs to come and wash it all away." And the politician's like, "Yeah." Okay. Sure, man. Yeah. <laughs> he gives him like a, a vote for vote for me button. He does. It's awesome. Um, all right. Well, on that note, I want to do a six gun salute. Say thank you, Adam, and signing out.